This week on the Real Talk with Ben podcast, I have a conversation with Titus Dean, a Cedarville men's basketball player, but also a hip-hop artist. We talk about how God has shaped his life, how he is using his talents both in the basketball world and the hip-hop world to impact those for Christ. All that and so much more coming up on the Real Talk with Ben podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, another episode here on the Real Talk with Ben podcast. Uh, as many of you know, my name is Ben. Obviously, it's in the title of the podcast. Um, but uh, I'm here with a, let's say, fellow Cedarville Yellow Jacket. Um, obviously, I've graduated, so I don't feel like I'm part of it anymore. Um, but also a basketball player. And I could say that he has some talent also in the musical area. So uh, I'm here with Titus Dean. He is a Cedarville men's basketball player, as well as a I guess you call yourself a hip hop artist. Is that, is that correct? Is that what you call yourself? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Titus is here with us. Um, and so Titus, thank you for joining on. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I want to open up by just saying, uh, can you share us just, uh, your testimony? Where did, you know, I know you're from Minnesota, so, you know, how did, how'd you end up right now where you're at? For sure. For sure. So I grew up in the church, um, was raised in a, in a, Christian-based home and family. Um, my parents have done ministry, um, whether through music or pastoral um, experiences all my life. So um, always had just the the Christian foundation, I guess you could say. Um, so grew up in the church, went to public school all my life. Um, and I was surrounded by music, whether that was secular or Christian. Secular just because the world is secular. However, Christian, um, my dad's a Christian hip-hop artist and has been for over 20 years now. So just being around his music and, and listening and learning about that stuff, um, I was I gravitated to music just because it's so influential. Um, and I knew, like, every lyric of his when I was growing up. So. <laughs> Just being able to sing those and those be my favorite songs that nobody knows about because he wasn't a whole uh, yeah. world worldwide known yeah, artist. Or anything of course, like but yeah, just growing up, learning about God and going to church, stuff like that. Uh, I started to get a deeper connection when I was about, mm, I guess, 12, 13, 14, just those middle school, middle school years. So obviously going to public school, you see a lot of things and, and learn a lot and yeah. uh, you just see how um ungodly the world is if you mm. will so and, and seeing that and experiencing that in a public school and then going to church on Sundays it's like two different worlds yeah so just trying to make the connection as I got older between what's real about Christ and, and how do I um sort of um separate myself from from the ways of the world and try to follow his example um so in middle school, I got baptized and just started following the Lord ever since and started taking my relationship a lot more serious with him. And over time, that has just just grown uh, immensely, my relationship with him. And he's just shown a lot of favor on my life. This guy. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I we relate in one area is the fact that I went to public school. Right, I grew up in the Christian home, went to public school. And I, I want to ask you about that because it is one of those places, right, where you do go to church on Sunday, maybe youth group on Wednesday, and every other day you're dealing with, you know, you know, in my in my community, it was, you know, kids, you know, smoking pot or dealing with these kind of things. And they're talking about things they're like, you're and then you go that next night on a Wednesday night, and you're with all your Christian buddies, right? right. And it's a totally different world. How did you as, you know, growing up, um, you know, with, you know, a Christian influence, obviously at home, how did you handle that, that 
difference in that kind of the way that you took to your everyday life? Yeah, so I think staying curious um, was sort of the biggest thing for me because obviously there's just so many things out there that so many people believe in, whether it's from a religious standpoint or whether it's just actions throughout your life. So just staying curious and, and being transparent with my parents, like, um, just having their input of like, why do people do this? Why is this happening? Why is it so hard for people to say Jesus? Mm. Like, why is it like, why? You know, just asking yeah. those questions and being able to decipher, I guess, um, just reading more of the word and understanding it. The older I got, the more I was able to understand it. When I was younger, I had a hard time, I guess, reading the Bible because it was just hard for me to understand. Yeah. But then you get into more translations and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and you just understand not exact you understand what the words are saying as they're right there playing mm -hmm. but you start to understand different perspectives of them and then how to apply it so i guess just the more I, the more i stayed in the word the more i was able to apply it to my life and ultimately that's just what changed it so yeah i think you know i obviously me as a teacher right like so i teach here in hungary and you know, I deal with this kind of the, the kids in the same boat as what you were, right? You know, I, mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be subbing a Bible class, right? And I'll be going through the, you know, Proverbs. And, you know, you have kids that I know for a fact, right? They're the teacher's kids. They, they go to church every every week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're the same boat as you. Like, they, they're struggling to, I think, understand or how to how to figure that out, you know, in the long run. And it's it's very interesting. I know for me growing up, you know, I went to public school because my parents basically said, I want you to experience the world before you get to college right because they could have put yeah. me in private christian school they they thought about it mm -hmm. they're like what's the best way to learn is just getting dropped in the center and saying you know this is what's going to be like so yeah. it's really cool to see how god has used you use music but also just used your christian you know parents and and people around you to really um upload that would you say that like your dad's kind of like see like your hero like kind of like the guy that you you look at <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would. It's, you know, you get that question sometimes, like, who do you look up to or who inspires you to do yeah. what? And sometimes they say, don't, it can't be a family member. But for me, yeah. it really is that, like, he, he, his inspiration on my life has been just been tremendous, just my role model. And as a young Black male, a lot of people of my demographic are fatherless. Yeah. So just to be able to have that father figure in my life that, yeah is responsible and is a godly man it's just like i want to be like him when i grow up in so many ways so definitely yeah. a hero yeah it's like you know you have you have two amazing fathers right like you have your earthly <laughs> father and then your heavenly father and that just makes yep. it that just makes that cool so yep. now we're gonna move we're gonna move on to your basketball side right like we know you, you know we know you're a, a really good hip-hop artist but we also you play basketball and you know that's a sport that i grew up and i still you know i miss being with the Cedarville guys, I miss that whole aspect. Um, and if you all didn't know, if you're listening, uh, Cedarville right now, as we're recording this, they'll find out today if they make the NCAA tournament. So okay. looking at that, we don't know. We'll see. Um, but I know you didn't start at Cedarville, obviously. You So tell us about your journey. Like, when did you start playing? Why basketball? All those kind of things. Yeah, so the one word I use all the time when I'm describing my story, if you will, is just unorthodox. Um, <laughs> there's no way anyone would would forecast that I'd be where I am today. Like hmm. um, in high school, I wasn't necessarily the best player, like the number one option on the team or anything like that. Um, didn't get any scholarships coming out of high school to go to college. 
um, yeah, no offers, just a little bit of interest, but nothing too serious after after the initial conversation. Mm-hmm. So my dream of playing college basketball was very slim to none when I uh, during my senior year. So <clears throat> I finished my 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 basketball career with the last game um, in a playoff game that we ended up losing. And I didn't know what was next. I was like, wow, like my season's over, like basketball's done. I don't have anywhere to go. Um, and then we could, my family connected with a family friend who sort of puts under the radar athletes in college programs and connects them to coaches. So he reached out to the coach at Liberty on my behalf and said, hey, I got this guy who might have been overlooked or whatever. If you got yeah. a spot, give him a try, give him a tryout. So I flew down to Virginia and uh, met the team, met the coach, tried out all in the same day. And right after the tryout, like literally going from the gym court uh, to the coach's office, he had offered me a preferred walk-on spot right then and there. So that was just a um, just extravagant opportunity mm-hmm. that I, I can never see coming. It was simply God's favor because um, I guess the hard work I put in, you would say I was deserving. But at the same time, when you look at statistics and just the, yeah. the lay of the land, I, I wasn't a scholarship player. I wasn't a division one basketball player, even though that was my dream. So ended up there and that was actually a one year negotiation. So after that year, we would reassess to see if I could be on the team, if I'd earn a scholarship and how we go. Of course. Yeah. So after that first year, um, I did get my preferred walk on uh, position renewed, if you will, um, for, the remainder of my college. So it wasn't another one year stint, if you will. It was like a full college experience. If you wanted to stay, you can. And if you earn a scholarship, we'll give it to you. <clears throat> so fast forward uh, two, three years later, I was at Liberty for three years. Didn't play much as a walk-on. Uh, learned a lot though, had a lot of success with our team. We had a really good team that went to the uh, NCAA tournament yeah. this three years in a row. So that was really fun, really cool opportunity. Um, just understood what a brotherhood and a family was. So that was, that was, that was just awesome. Um, I love my time there. And then just being the basketball player and having the passion that I did, I wanted to play. Um, and yeah, I knew my opportunity at Liberty was, was, was very limited if I, if I chose to stay and do my grad studies there. So I graduated um, in the summer of 2021, which was a year earlier than expected. And sort of just re reassessed what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to play. So I went into the transfer portal um, on good terms. I didn't like leave and like not let anybody know. Like, we love the transfer portal, right? Like we love that. <laughs> we love that word. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> left on good terms and sort of just opened up the recruiting process. And a lot of people kept putting Cedarville in my ear and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> whatever, whatever. But I didn't, didn't know about, it. I never heard of them. And I had like three people, um, two teammates and a coach put Cedarville in my ear. I was like, why does the school keep coming up? Like, that's interesting. Let me check yeah, it out. Of course. Checked it out. And then Coach Step uh, reached out to me. And ever since then, it was the rest is history. But he yeah. offered me a, a full ride there. And I've been been here for a year and just enjoyed it. Runner up a conference championship. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome to see that. And so I, I love that story of, of the, kind of like the, it kind of reminds you of a movie, right? Like mm-hmm. you, know, you watch a sports movie and it's like that kid 
that you know that worked his butt off but mm-hmm. you know had to find a way to earn every spot and it's yeah. really cool now where did your love for basketball come from you know at what age you know was it your dad was it you know a, a friend a, a coach what was it that kind of said you know basketball for me is the sport so that's actually interesting you asked because I was never there was never I guess a turning point when it came yeah. to basketball for me I just grew up a sports fanatic I was interested <laughs> in about all sports when I was young just following professionals in college more so professionals in college but just following sports and yeah. knowing the scores and having my favorite teams when I was young that was just exciting and then I started playing uh, when I was in fourth grade um, on an organized team I was not very good at all like it was, <laughs> I was there only for like my energy and just athleticism like it was just <laughs> fun to be out there but ultimately I just worked on my game year after year after year so yeah from fourth grade on um, I was playing basketball and football actually was like these were neck and neck as I was as gonna ask I was gonna ask like is there another sport that was like <laughs> almost pushing that football that basketball was, to the brink there they were neck and neck I could not decide because I love both sports and I was yeah. actually pretty good at football um my dad played division one at University of Louisville as okay a yeah so him teaching me what he learned that was <laughs> so it was really neck and neck with basketball and football as to uh what i wanted to do and take serious yeah. i chose basketball warmer weather you can play indoors climate control <laughs> dude i'm and telling you I, I broke my finger my sophomore year and it wasn't even like a break that you find out on the x-ray like my yeah. finger was on the other side of my pinky. Ooh. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh. i knew it was, it was just bad i was like yeah this is not as likely to happen in basketball. Yeah. So so let me just uh, make the wise decision and take that serious. But no, I just decided, uh, I think 10th grade is when I dropped football and just said basketball year round. And this is what I want to do. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I speak of football. I played football, right? And I was like, you know, the tall skinny kid in eighth grade. And I still remember the moment I decided not to play football anymore. You know, I mm-hmm. came off the edge. I was a defensive end. I don't know why they stuck a six foot four, 165 pound kid on defensive end. Still don't understand that at all. Cracked back block by the wide receiver. And I remember laying there, like couldn't breathe. Like I, I just went, coach came out my coach. I'm done. Like I walked off that day and I had no, my dad's a football coach, like an old school. So he was like in his heart was a little hurting, but I'm like, dad, look at me. I'm built like a twig that doesn't belong on the football field, but uh, no. Yeah. So you know, I love sports, right? Because it teaches you so much. Um, you know, what has basketball taught you, not just, you know, in college, but like throughout your time, like, what is that one kind of lesson that you always get from basketball that I think many people do, but what is that one gift? What one thought for you? Mm-hmm. As non cliche as I can make it sound, um, you can really do anything that you put your mind to. Mm. I know so many people say it. And so you just hear it. And yeah, and Typically, it comes from successful people, and you're like, okay, well, they had this, and they had yeah. that. But really, like, when I started playing basketball, like, I, I can't I can't describe. I don't even remember, but my parents just told me a couple years ago, like, you you were so bad. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> we, we, we let you play because, obviously, a kid played. Yeah. We just didn't – we didn't know what we were doing. But anyways, no, I, I, I just put in hard – I worked hard. I worked hard, and mm. – sacrificed and just put in so much time and and set a goal that I really wanted to reach was to which was to play division one basketball and my my trust and and faith in God I think is what what led me there I think Mm. that you can put in 
so many hours, you can put so much into those hours, you can sacrifice so much, but really it's been my faith and just my my overarching belief. And then I, I got to credit the people around me that did yeah, believe, um, especially my family, just pushing me and not, not allowing me to make excuses for myself. Um, so just to be able to be where I am today. Now I'm playing division two. That's nothing. Like I'm not, I'm not complaining. College basketball is a yeah, of course. privilege, no matter what level you're playing at. Um, but just in general, just to be able to be playing at this level is a total blessing. And just having that belief and confidence mm-hmm. that you can really do something if you, if you work at it and you don't accept excuses and you don't mm. lie down to, to, to the nose and stuff like that. So just working hard has has taught me that you can really do something if if that's what you want to do so yeah that's that's I, I think that's in general you know like I think about that that's like the one regret I have right like basketball for me you know I wait until high school to start grinding or like mid high school right and I I heard my dad right he kept putting in my ear but I never listened to him I think that's something that I think we all can take away now what is something you know before we move on from basketball what is something that if there's a kid out there today, a, a teenager, you know, middle schooler, early high school, if you could tell them about your journey in basketball, your mm-hmm. journey in sports, what's something you could tell them to, that might, maybe that kid that's under the radar, that kid that just can't get a break, right? Like I've been there, you're working your butt off, but no one sees you. What would you tell that kid out there? I would say that ultimately you have your plan. I'll, I had my plan. I mean, I was going to do this. I was going to do this, 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 but at the end of the day, God, God's plan overrules. So whatever his calling is on your life, that's what he's going to put you in. So whether that's basketball, football, whether that's music, whether that's ministry and and pastoral studies and stuff like that, God's going to put you where he wants you. Um, Ultimately, our, our time on this earth is to, to um, glorify him and to tell others about the good news. So whether you get the opportunity to do that through sports or whether you get the opportunity to do that through music or however it may be podcast, whatever you do, entertainment, you need to understand that although you have your plans, God has plans for you. And I mean, sometimes it might be heartbreaking and it's hard to accept. It's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, but at the same time, when you trust in him, it's not just trusting that he has a plan. It's trusting that his plan is best. Yeah. I would say even with my journey, um, not knowing, I guess what I was going to do after high school. And even if I was going to get a scholarship, when I entered the transfer portal, I can't control, I can't control those things. I can just trust in God and know that whatever he does and whatever, whatever he orchestrates is going to be the best plan. So I would just say, just put your trust in God um, and just, just have that belief. I don't think anybody can say it better. So that's, that's right on there. And speaking of Cedarville, I know, I know Cedarville has probably been a different, you know, you know, I, I have friends that went to Liberty Lynchburg and Cedarville is a little bit of a, a different, uh, different spell of how things can go around, right. A little boring sometimes in Cedarville, but, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll go from basketball, right. To, you know, your music career, right. Like I, so fun story, you know, I, I had saw your name pop up on, that Cedarville was adding you. And of course me being a former student assistant, I follow Cedarville basketball, like probably an addiction at times, you know, I keep track <laughs> of stats and everything like that. And, and I saw this guy, I'm like from Liberty. And first yeah. off, we have a mutual friend sort of in Elijah Cuffey, um, okay. his older brother, Jason, that passed away. He actually yeah. was a guy that mentored me at the end of high school. Oh, wow. And okay. he actually ended up being really close to me. And 
when he passed away, I was actually here in Hungary. So I never actually got to go see the family. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's how I first realized like, Oh wait, there's that connection there. But, um, on top of that, I was like, wait, he has music. Wait, what? I was like, hold on. I was a little <laughs> yeah. like, I was like thrown off there. I'm like, okay, are we hiring him as like the lead singer for Cedarville men's basketball or are we hiring him, you know, whatever. But yeah. it was so interesting because then I, uh, I, he- I heard you perform, uh, at chap, uh, yeah, it was at chapel before moonlight. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard you perform and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I like this. I like this. So, um, fun fact about me is I grew up on like the Toby Mac Lecrae mm-hmm. you know that's what I grew up on and you know a kid that lives in the country it's a little weird to be listening to like you know you know Christian rap all the time but that was me so where did your music career start I know you mentioned your dad obviously yeah. but kind of explain how that kind of turned into what it is now and how that kind of is is how amazing it is yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, like I said, I've been around music my whole life. Um, whether that's making music, um, as far as just create creatively thinking like, oh, I think this sounds good. Oh, I think this sounds good. When my, dad is producing. my older brother also, um, your whole family's brother. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole family's involved somehow, some way. So my older brother was actually rapping and he was, I would say he was actually my biggest influence. Cause I mean, when you have siblings, you look up uh, of course you hate to admit it sometimes but you really do look yeah up siblings so he was doing it so i would love his his concerts and love his songs or so but anyways when i was about 13 years old i started doing the studio engineering um as far as just like the yeah. pre-production and, and recording the songs and stuff like that so i was always around the music and i guess writing on my own a little bit but not actually nothing too serious to put out but started doing the pre-production um and studio engineering and then ultimately when i was 17 years old so i think the summer after my junior year of high school i started taking it more serious as far as being the artist um when i was younger i never wanted to be front stage i didn't want <laughs> i think i was a little bit sh- shy when it came yeah. to performing so i was like no i don't want to be a rapper i don't want that title <laughs> but no when i uh upon probably the closeout years of high school i started writing more serious and actually recording myself since i could uh kind of do both i wouldn't really need anybody else to uh, record me or anything like that so it was easy for me to get in the studio write a song cut the song and present it to my dad to uh put out and uh Ever since then, I've just been producing records and stuff like that. So now I have two solo albums, multiple singles, and then me and my sister with the System of Grow Group have other projects. So, wow, that's like it's it's cool. I, I actually, it's so cool to see because you know, obviously at Cedarville, you know, I meet a few people I go to school with. When I was at Cedarville for four years, you know, they they produce one song or you know they they have a song that they don't want to release because it's you know a little personal. <laughs> Right. But to hear your story and like, obviously I talked with a lot of the guys, you know, like Q and, and Connor, like a lot of these guys that I've known on the team for mm-hmm. a while. And just, you know, I was like, what's, what's Titus like? Like, what is this guy like? And they're like, Oh, he's just an amazing guy. So that was the first thing I heard about you. And then, mm-hmm. then I started listening to your music and I was like, man, I like this. It, it, you know, it brings back to the, to the days when I was growing up. Right. Like through that, mm-hmm. what would you say? Um, obviously I'm not like a artist. I don't, write music at all so i have no idea what goes all into it but for those that don't know what what for you goes into writing a song or you say hey i want to write an album you know how do you decide all of that and is it something that comes over time or is it something that you just sit down and you're like okay i want to take this day to just let's figure out something 
Mm -hmm. I think it's first I'll say I think it's different for every artist I think they all have different processes of how they do it so specifically for me I don't or I haven't yet I would say written an album as an album I haven't written a collection of 10 to 15 songs specifically for one cause or one purpose I just write song I take it song by song and my whole approach to it is I start with prayer I always pray before I begin writing um, I'll listen to the instrumentals of the songs and I'll just immediately go into prayer like God bless me to write this music allow it to glorify you and please give me the words um, to portray in a message that you want your people to hear and allow mm-hmm. it to be good allow them to gravitate to it so I always start with prayer and then sort of melodize um, what, what sound I want on a song or whatever I think sounds good then ultimately the lyrics just flow behind it <clears throat> but um I would just say whatever God gives me in that moment, as far as just what's relevant and what's going on and what he wants his people to hear is sort of what I put on a song. So like certain songs I have, though I don't mention God or Christ one time in the song directly, the whole song is about my experience or relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. or something like that. So I try to write me when I write music, I try to write it so that it's relatable to my generation, just because I know there's a lack of, I guess, I don't even know the word, but coolness, if you will. Like, it's not cool to glorify God and rap sometimes. So people just navigate um, naturally to secular music. So I try to make that connection where I still have that mainstream sound and appeal and Mm -hmm. approach, but have an actual legit message behind it that glorifies Christ. So it's kind of like you you kind of take that NF uh, perspective, because I don't know if you listen to any NFs, uh, songs, but he's very similar in the sense that I remember I first listened to one of his songs. I'm like, first of all, this is depressing. I was like, the first <laughs> song I ever listened to him, I was like, wow, this is sad. And, but after I started listening to NF, I think that's what for me, like, I've always, you know, loved Lecrae, you know, Annie Minio, these guys. But like, there's something about when you listen to somebody that that is has the God message, but without actually directly preaching about God, right? Like, yeah. I think one of the, some of the best conversations I've had as a missionary last year, when I've been at camp or whatever, is like when I'm just talking about life with a, a, a kid or, you know, a, a parent and they ask me about, you know, what, what, why do you do what you do? Like, why are you so happy? Why are you here? And then that's where you can take that, that voice that you are and you can then use it for, you know, his glory. And my question that I want to bounce off of you on that is, is when you, when it comes to music and, you know, you're sitting there writing and, and as you've, once you've created a, a song and, and you, you know, you let it out there, it, what are some of the thoughts that go through your mind? Like when you release that song, do you ever think like, oh, is this going to be a good one? Are people going to like it? Or is it just, you know, I'm putting it out there and whoever uses it, you know, that's all for them, you know, for whatever. Yeah. So I think I'm a backup before I answer that. I also yeah. want to say that in doing and in, in making the, that music, I think my one of the things I try to do um, best when I when I write songs <clears throat> is make that connection between the the pastor and the secular listener. Because mm. a lot of times, like even myself, speaking for myself, like when I was younger, I didn't understand the sermons. Like I would sit there yeah. in one ear out the other. So it's like when I write my music, I try to still use biblical principles and scriptures and not necessarily 
misuse the words out of context because of it's not yeah, yeah. that, but put it in a way that people can understand and, and be like, yeah. oh, okay, this is this is wise. Like they'll think it's wise because it's, it's, they'll understand it. But at the same time, these are not my words. These are mm-hmm. God's words. And it's in his Bible. I'm just rearranging it, making mm-hmm. it sound a little bit better so you can understand it. Yeah. So that that sort of goes into the writing. But <clears throat> your question just about my um my reaction as far as yeah. what happens after I put it out. So the older I've gotten um and the more experience that I've gotten in the music, the longer I've been doing it, I have sort of started to take that latter approach of what you mentioned about yeah. Whatever happens with it happens. I used to put music out and be like, oh man, I'll, I wonder if this is going to be the one that blows me up, or I wonder if yeah. this is going to be the one that people sing. Been and, there. <laughs> so doing that, I mean, is good. It's cool. I mean, it's nice to have people recognize you for your music and stuff like that. I actually remember when I put out my first single in high school, it was called I'm Blessed. And people would literally just walk around school. Um, and come up to me or like send me a video that's when snapchat was like first coming yeah, out yeah of course be like oh, i'm blessed i'm blessed because that's a little melody so like yeah. i was known for the i'm blessed guy or whatever so <clears throat> that was a cool experience and all but yeah as as i got older and more experienced in music my whole approach and sort of uh, mission behind it changed and it's mm-hmm. like god i have the you've given me the talent and ability to do this and and the resources to do it so I can keep putting music out. So I'm so blessed for that. And I'm not going to expect anything from it. I'm just going to do it because I feel like this is a gift that you've given me um, to use for you. So when I put songs out, I don't need it to, I don't need a hundred people to reply back to me like, Oh, this is fire. Oh, like this. No, like it touches one person. If it changes one person's life, if it, um, changes uh, someone from committing suicide or takes them out of depression or just say, hey, yeah. this resonates with me or, oh, yeah. I'll turn on your music instead of listening to the secular song I was going to play, then ultimately that is really one of my biggest goals is just to change the the narrative of what's going on in someone's life for the better. So that that's awesome. And, and I, I again, I applaud you for that because I think I'm in the same boat with doing this podcast and my mm-hmm. other, my sports podcast I do and then videos and stuff is like, I at times it still hits me. Like I, I wish, you know, I could reach more people or I wish more people would watch, but at the same time, like you, where it's like, if one person has a better day or one kid is like excited about going to school because of what I said or, or whatever, then that that's where we need to be as creative, you know, someone that's out there in the creative world that, that could do that. Now, before we move on to you and your sister, what is one memory would you say as someone that's, you know, solo wise, that is a memory of making music, whether it could be a concert, could be a, a conversation. What's that one memory that will stick with you no matter how big you get or how far you go in music that will be like, wow, that that's a, that's a memory I always have. Uh, that's a great question. I'll give you two. I'll give okay. you one is the, uh, <clears throat> or this is, this is good. I'll give you two in one. Okay. So the two in one, this is a concert. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest concert I had. So I'll obviously always remember it. Yeah. Uh, I did a uh, performance with our, our label group called Swag Movement, which is Stop Satan's Work Against God. Um, so we did a, a, I guess, 12 or 13 minute set at the U.S. Bank Stadium. Which oh, is Vikings yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of, 60,000 people. Ooh, I'd be nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. So we got up there, and I was like, I mean, we prepped 
a lot for that concert or whatever and we were ready to go we're good so that was all that's always going to be like a top memory for me just because it was awesome so many people and they had yeah. uh they were giving away free my pillows so if you can imagine six yeah. people with sixty thousand free pillows it was just like <laughs> you know how the beach balls are yeah. it was like pillows so it was just fun <laughs> too. Come out all that stuff. but no that is uh that's one experience i'll never forget just because of, of course so many people. but with that I will say that was also my most embarrassing moment <laughs> because in front of those 60,000 people, I ended up falling on stage, <laughs> which was not fun. Uh, we got this little, I guess uh, I have, we'll have a towel on stage to like yeah. wipe our faces to maintain the sweat. And I was using it as like a rally flag, like, hey, let's go, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw it up in the air and it landed on the stage or whatever. And while I was cool, we were still going about the set. And then ultimately I was jumping around and I like jumped back and I slipped on the towel oh. and fell. And I, I didn't know. I was like, who put this towel? Like, I didn't it was you. Like, it was you. So I replayed the video and somebody in the crowd actually sent it to me and said, Hey, you played it off well, but we all saw it. That <laughs> <laughs> well, was very embarrassing. But then I replayed the video and saw that it was my towel that I, I actually threw. So, Hey, that's what you show your kids in like 25 <laughs> years, right? You show oh, your yeah. kids be like, listen, you mess up. I messed up too. So that's yeah. awesome. I, I honestly, I mean, you know, doing something like that in front of a crowd would be, be quite, quite surreal at times too. Now, <laughs> Obviously, you make moves, music with your sister. I found out this not too long ago. I didn't realize it. And so what's that like? Like, what is that? I mean, I'm sure there's that sibling, obviously, connection, but maybe a little rivalry there, too. What's that like, making music with your sister? It's a blessing. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, my older brother, <clears throat> oldest brother, his name's KJ. He did Christian rap for, I think, 12, 13 years growing up, so he was doing the music when I was doing the engineering. So we never really collaborated on a song, just it was me and him, but I was always, I guess, now that I'm older, I love to collaborate him on a song. So hopefully we'll, he's not doing music anymore, but hopefully one day we'll- Just convince him, man. Just just hold him down. Just be like, listen, we're just one song, bro, one song. One song. That's all you gotta ask him. (laughs) Who knows, it might be the best one, so. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) But no, yeah, Selena, uh, my sister Selena Lena, it's it's just been a pleasure. She's 23 years old. I'm 21. So we're right, right neck and neck in age. Um, And just being able to, we started, we started taking music serious at about the same time, both in high school. Um, I actually started writing for her when she first started uh, doing her music and rapping. So So I would literally write like her first I probably wrote her half of her first album. So, <laughs> <laughs> I take a little bit of credit for. You're like, getting- listen, I'll just so you know, I'm one up on you, right? I wrote <laughs> right. some of your music already. There we go. But no, it, it, it's 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 a blessing to say the least. She's grown so much in so little time, um, just as an artist and just perfecting her craft. So just to be able to minister with her and have my sister up there sort of as a comfort because sometimes it gets nerve-wracking to perform in, yeah. in front of crowds where even if it's your peers like they they see you in one light when you're just being social and hanging out with them but a lot of times they don't see you as the artist that's ministering to a lot yeah. of people so being able to share the stage with her is awesome and then be in the studio and just collaborate and use both of our gifts um, that's so cool it's a little bit so, now is she now, is she still in Minnesota or is she, I know since you're in Ohio, do you kind of, how do you connect that? How do you, how do you yeah. find time to do that recording and stuff? So she's in school um, in downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota at another private Christian university. And typically 
when I was in Minnesota, we, well, I guess we started Sicilian Bro in 2020. So we started during COVID. Okay. Okay. When yeah. I was home for COVID. So it was a lot easier just to go to the studio together, shoot music videos together, whatever, whatever. But now that we're separate, I do a lot of my writing when I'm at school. Um, and then when I go home to Minnesota, I do a lot of recording and um, we'll probably write on our own terms. Like we'll just mm-hmm. send each other, hey, I wrote this song, finish, like write a verse for it or whatever. And then other times when we're actually together for the summers or whenever time permits, uh, we'll get together in the studio and collaborate on stuff. That's and awesome. Honestly, share the shows when, when that time comes. That's awesome. So now did you guys, I think I just saw you guys just release a, a new song. Yeah. So we released a single called Be Honest on January 1st of this year featuring 1K Few. So, what, so what's that song about? What's that song about? Yeah, so we actually got a campaign going right now on social media called the Be Honest Campaign. Let's okay. be honest. And we go live once a week and just discuss random topics about what is something that you typically wouldn't be honest about that you were honest about today, or vice versa. What's something mm. that you wouldn't be honest about that you would that you were today about? So oh, awesome. Um, a whole lot of things like there's so many things we take for granted. Um, just the opportunity to get an education. Like sometimes I, that this just goes over my head. Sometimes there's so many people who are overseas and in less fortunate circumstances who have to pay loads of money to just get a basic standard education that yeah. we call high school or secondary school. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, let me be honest about this and just say, Hey, I'm blessed to have this opportunity. I'm fortunate. Mm-hmm. I'm so, um, just being transparent about what's going on. So that's the whole purpose of that song is just not faking anything um, just because social media portrays one thing and enter- the entertainment business will make one thing seem better than another. Like, let's just be honest. We're all people here. We all have our struggles, yet we all, um, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So and, be being, and being real. And I think, uh, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, to be honest, Titus, as a, as a teacher, I think more of my students need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that I've noticed in teaching high school, right? I work with seniors is what mm-hmm. I do every day. I'm a guidance counselor and I meet with students that are from all areas of, I mean, different countries that come from different countries. And you yeah. hear these things, right? Like they, they come to a private Christian school, so they're very blessed. Mm-hmm. And so they're very clueless on some of the things they don't realize that, you know, they're, they are very blessed. So that's really cool. And, and I, and I guys, just so you know, as you're listening, I'll link all to all of his stuff below. You'll see the new songs, all that stuff. Um, but speaking of your sister, what is some, okay. I said the memories for you mm-hmm. yourself, what mm-hmm. was, what is your favorite memory with your sister, whether that's in the studio, whether it's like at a concert or let's just making a music video. What's like your, your go-to memory with your sister with, with music. <sighs> I haven't thought about that, but if I had to give one, I'll probably say the Moonlight Madness. <clears throat> that was, that I was, was going to actually, that's great. Cause I was going to ask you that next. So you can kind of expand <laughs> on that Moonlight Madness, you know, that was, that was packed with energy. Um, going into that, I was so nervous. Like I'm, I, I get pretty nervous for concerts and shows and stuff like that, but Moonlight, I guess that whole day I was nervous just because hip Christian hip hop at Cedarville. I just did not see them. No, they, 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 they don't very often i'll just be honest (laughs) so i was like oh this is this is gonna be interesting but having her there like i said is my comforter to kind of (laughs) level a little playing field out so 
I actually, we had the little Moonlight Madness event with the scrimmages, the dunk contest, whatever, whatever. And then after uh, that event was over, we segued into like a mini concert. So I think I did one or two songs and then I called her up to the stage and nobody really knew who she was because she doesn't go to Cedarville. Exactly. Performing chapels. They're like, what what is going on? So I bring this girl out here. And they're like, oh, my God, their sister and brother, like, this is so cool. And then seeing a female rapper, you don't see that often. So just sharing that experience is just the energy. It was like a mosh pit, and it was so hot in that circle. I'll never forget. But just sharing that whole experience was so fun with her. That's awesome, because I'll tell you, when I watched that video of you in that mosh pit, your eyes look like like, you're like, this is a bunch of kids. And, like, the funny thing was of it, right, because I went to Cedarville. Like, Uh I, I went, you know, from 2015 to 2019, and... Cedarville has always been this weird place where like, we're always behind the cue ball, right? Like we started doing, you know, the whip and the nene, like you have 40 white kids in Lawler parking lot while everyone's moving in, dropping the whip and nene. Like that's, that's Cedarville for you, right? Like we listen to hip hop, but it's like on our own time. It's not really like mostly you hear country or like weird pop or like Christian music everywhere, which is yeah. great. Like I'm, I'm nothing against that, yeah. but to see a student, by the way, that's what it made it even cooler. Mm-hmm. A student at Cedarville, that's what makes these kids. I asked my brother, like my brother's a senior at Cedarville this year. Okay. And I asked him like, what do you think of Titus? Like, I know you were there. Like, what did you think of like the, mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, Ben, honestly, to have a student, it made a lot of these students realize that hip hop is not just one. It's not just a, a thing for secular side of things, or it's not just a super Christian thing, right? It's not the, so like Toby Mac style and it's not the, so, you know, LL Cool J or whatever. Like there's, there's a place that's in the middle. And then my brother said this, he said, he said it was good for, uh, for a lot of these students to see someone willing to get down off like a recording artist or like a, a star pedestal and just be a part of the crew. So oh, yeah. I want to let you know, like that meant a lot to them. And I think that for, for, for that would be really cool. Uh, I think it was really cool to see that. Um, what, what do you think you what did your, what did your sister think about that whole moonlight madness in that concert? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I want to see what, hear what the sister had to think about that. Yeah. So Selena, she was, it amazed her as well. I don't think she was expecting that either. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Look around, look around Cedarville. I mean, you look at the kids, yeah. it's like, <laughs> and she's had like her university is Cedarville like, but different, <laughs> I guess. Like I said, it's a private Christian university. It's a lot smaller. I think they maybe have a thousand students max and it's downtown Minneapolis in the urban area where Cedarville is in the middle of cornfield. So they're, the exact same school but they're totally different in a sense yeah so she's had concerts at her university her see release where she's performed in front of like the 50 students on campus who love hip-hop and that was <laughs> that was fine Aaron energy was cool but then to come come that was her first time seeing my campus and anything like that so just being able to come in the moonlight and just have that energy and she just and selena's a lover like she's affectionate she just loves her family so anytime she gets to do ministry with yeah. me she's just so happy and stuff like that so it's, it's a blessing to be able to do it with her but she was she was super excited <laughs> yeah and, and it was really cool i mean I, I we've had um we've had a few rappers come on campus when i was there um mm-hmm. flame i don't know if you know flame or you've yep. heard his music so yep. i got to i actually was uh one, one of his concerts i got to be the guy that was like 
part of his green room. I worked for the event staff. So I was okay. like in charge of his green room. I had an earpiece in and I was like, I feel kind of cool right now. Like, <laughs> there you go. I, I honestly listened to like none of his music before. And so he's asking me like, what do you think of my music? And I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, like I like that song you sung in chapel today. I don't um, know what it's called. So I felt terrible. Right. But um, yeah. So like th those guys are really cool. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, I can see you definitely keep growing the way you are. It's, it's really cool. Now, before we talk about your goals here to finish up, what would you say? I, we talked about Cedarville a little bit. What has been your, I, obviously I graduated from there. So I'm biased. Obviously my family has been in there as well. What would you say about Cedarville that has just stuck out to you? And what are what do you feel about Cedarville? How do you feel about the place, the the town, and everything like that? Yeah. So one thing that often gets so unnoticed, and it's unfortunate, but it's natural. Like I yeah. can't I can't put anybody to blame, but that environment is it's not like that everywhere. Like that yeah. is a Christian university filled with students and peers who love God just as much as you. So oftentimes, even students like myself, will just get, we'll take it for granted just to be surrounded by people who actually care for you more than what you can offer them. Um, yeah. I heard, well, I once heard this wise advice of be, be, be more connected with people who are transformational rather than mm. transactional. Amen. Uh, so in, in this world, there's so many people who want something from you or like it's a, there's a trade off. If you give them something, they'll give you something back. But at Cedarville, it's not really like that. These people are, are invested in, in your yeah. soul and spirit and making sure that you're you're right with God more than you're right with them. Yeah. So just being surrounded by that, <clears throat> I guess you could say atmosphere is something that I'll even admit myself. I take for granted, but it's something that I think um, students need to definitely remember because you, you won't get that everywhere you go and, and take those lessons that you learn and just those experiences that you have at Cedarville and definitely apply those to your life when you go into your mm. workplace or go into the world. Yeah. I, I love that. And again, I, I miss Cedarville, right? Like I graduated, let's see at 2019. So two years ago now, mm -hmm. three years ago, almost now. So and it's, it's surreal, right? Like I'll tell you when you leave that place and I'll, I'll be honest with you at 10 o'clock still not kidding you at school, I'll be teaching. And at 10 o'clock, my mind is still like, I ch ch nope chapel. I'm not there anymore, but <laughs> that's because I came from public school like you did. And mm -hmm. I never had chapel. I never had a time in the day where I could stop everything yeah. and say, I get to spend this, this, that. And so, um, again, so I agree with you. Yeah. I, I agree with you that transformational, like, even Dr. White, for example, is probably mm -hmm. the most personable president of a university you will ever meet. Mm -hmm. That man can go to, he'll go to any event. He was willing to come to our re wedding reception uh, mm -hmm. in the States, but he couldn't because he had another obligation with another student. And so that to me was just like, I think it just shows what Cedarville is and, and where that place is. Mm -hmm. Now we'll finish up by just saying a couple of your goals. So I would see your basketball career is, has been amazing so far. So what are some goals for maybe as a team with Cedarville, but maybe also personally with basketball. Um, and then also you can finish up with what are some goals for your music career and what, what's like a goal you want to reach, you know, throughout your lifetime. Yeah. So with that question, I actually give a word of advice going back to one of the of questions we had earlier. Yeah. So for younger students and, and athletes growing up, I think one of the biggest things that you can possess as a young athlete that wants to join a college program is just your investment to winning. Mm. Coaches really value winners and they value the kids who 
aren't necessarily focused on being the number one guy. Like, yeah. Um, number one, there's one person that can be number one. Yeah. And then everybody else, you'll be number two, three, four, whatever. But at, at when you're at the college level, it really doesn't matter who is the guy because it yeah. takes a team to win. Um, and you'll see the older you get, the, m- the more you'll see that. So my goal at Cedarville is just to win, win as many games as possible, whether that means a conference championship or regional championship, whatever that is, it's, it's just to win. Um, so however I can impact that with the team is is what I'm invested in. And then personally, just go as far as I can. Um, I don't know, like I said, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know where I would be three years ago when my yeah. season, my high school season was over. So just to be where I am today is an amazing privilege. So just to keep keep playing as long as I can and wherever that takes me, it does. Um, if I if the ball stops bouncing for me, I'm definitely interested in coaching and being involved in the corporate side of sports one day, yeah. <laughs> um, whether that's agencies or uh, front office, whatever it is. I, I love the game of basketball. So I just hey, want to stick it. I mean, you know, you know, hunger is always looking for amazing basketball players to come play in their professional league. I'm just saying, I'm just there saying, you go. Trust okay. me, uh, it's not always the greatest basketball over here in Europe, but it's an interesting game of basketball. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's cool. And, and what would you say as I, I like what you said about a winning mentality. And mm-hmm. I think that is very overlooked in today. I think sometimes so many kids, they want to start, they want to mm-hmm. be, and I, and I always, I remember a, uh, E-step I think told us, or I heard him in a, and one of his thousands of team talks I heard over my time there was you were the number one in high school. Now we split number one into multiple. And I think that's such a, a thing that I think high school athletes need to hear now. And they need Mm -hmm. to hear before there's only one LeBron James, there's only one Anthony Davis. And I think the mentality of winning goes beyond just, scoring 30 points a game. Some of Mm -hmm. my favorite teammates that I had growing up averaged like 1.4 points and they averaged four rebounds a game, but Mm -hmm. they were like the best teammates I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, E-Step probably talks about all the time. And I think that is so cool. And it's a reality that I think a lot of young people need to hear, I think in anything in their life, not just in sports as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say for music? I know, obviously, you you kind of have already a start to your career in music. Mm-hmm. But what would you say? What's like, you know, after let's say basketball ends, right? And what would you say? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would be your your goal for music? You know, mainline tour with a f- couple of your, you know, mm-hmm. fellow uh, hip hop artists in the Christian world? Yeah. Would you like to be a part of like a K love tour? You know, what, what are we talking? What are we talking? What What's your goals here? Tours are awesome. I actually one of the one of my favorite parts of music ministry is the concerts, just the live shows to be able to have that energy and actually sort of perform all those songs that you spent time on your own alone writing and, and concepting out and all that time I spent in prayer. Like, God, what do you want mm-hmm. people to do? And I actually get to present that through a live show. That's such a cool experience. So um tours are fun. I love that. Um just producing and making music is awesome, but <clears throat> I'm open to wherever God takes me, um, mm. whether that means the music becomes more popular and a lot of people start listening to it and I have to do that full time. I have no uh, <laughs> no setbacks against that. Or no yeah, of course. That. So that would be an awesome opportunity. But ultimately, um, I just want to keep keep making music as much as I can, obviously doing it with Selena when I get the opportunity and just mm. blessing people uh, w- with a positive message. Uh, there's so many things going on in the world, yeah. whether it was COVID last year or the things going on in Ukraine and, and over which is, here. which is right next door for me. So, yeah. yeah. So to definitely just being 
being some sort of light or inspiration to yeah. those who, who don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's just my, my total. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And so I have, I have two, two, one fun question and another question I think will be interesting too. Uh, do you have, first off do, for any, all those listening, do you have any new music coming out soon? Do you have anything coming out here in the near future? Yeah. So we actually just dropped a video system of bro just dropped a video called loco. Okay. Three days ago. So that just came out. See, perfect timing. Perfect timing. That's what we yeah, do here. Perfect timing. There we go. And then we got another one, another music video coming out called Pedigree. Okay. Um, in a few weeks here. Both of those songs were on the most recent Sisson Bro album. So definitely go check those out. And then Sisson Bro is actually planning to release another album uh here in the next couple months so definitely be on the lookout for that sweet so we got some new music coming our way now my fun question is and i don't know mate you can tell me this is there somebody out there that is you know full-time hip-hop artist or full-time just musician in general that you would want to to either collab with or tour with oh man oh (laughs) that is a fun question i love stumping my guests that's what i like to do And I don't know if I can name one person. Yeah. Obviously, Lecrae would be cool just because he's been doing it so long. And I'm starting to like, like, the old Lecrae was cool, but I actually like new Lecrae more than I Really? Like you mean, you, you, I like the Gravity, that album. I think that was oh, the really? album, right? Okay. Like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like, I had, you know, I had a Honda Element, you know, and I was like the kid. Everyone else listened to like, you know, LL Cool J and Tupac, and I'm rolling up with Lecrae, just like, <laughs> y'all, look at me. Uh, yeah. You know, and then the guy next to me pulls up with country and is, you know, so that's just the way I grew up. But, um, yeah. so yeah, that, I mean, that'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to see you like, I always like the concerts that combine like hip hop with like, um, you know, like, let's say like Matthew West or like, you know, Crowder or someone like that. Like, I love the combination when you go from like a hip hop artist, they come co- collab together, you know, a Crowder, imagine a Crowder with Titus. I mean, that would just be, <laughs> that'd be the yeah. most interesting combo of, of all time. But yeah. um, yeah, before we, before I let you go, first off, I want to say thank you for, for, taking some time i know out of your busy schedule um so what would be uh first off what is your your you know your social media where they can can they find you um on youtube all that stuff and where can they find uh you and your sister stuff as well absolutely so my personal uh social media accounts are all at i am titus now my name is spelled a little different it's t-y-t-i-s-t so Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, they're all I am Titus. Okay. So that's where everything else is. And then um, my sister and I, we go by Sis and Lil Bro. So our social media is we, Sis, S-I-S, the letter N, L-I-L for Lil and then Bro. So nice. Sis and Lil Bro and I am Titus on all social media accounts. And obviously I post all the updates and new music. And definitely I'm one of those people who can't keep a song for like more than two months in my own. <laughs> personal head so you gotta I release always, it yeah always leak something <laughs> so then you guys come out with music videos then you said too so they can do find that on youtube as well same thing mm-hmm. same same thing all right awesome yeah. well thank you so much uh titus we appreciate it um it's uh it's a blessing to hear what god is doing in your life um i hope all of you that are listening can grab some words from titus and hear how you know it's not just it's not just a talent it's a gift from God and how you use that is, is the way that you truly can, um, truly can use it for, you know, God's glory. You don't have to be a missionary 
over here in Europe. You don't have to be, you know, a, a, a music artist or a basketball player. You can just be a car mechanic, a farmer, whatever God's given you you have this opportunity to use it. And I think it's a great message from Titus. And if you've loved today's video, you love today's podcast, if you're listening on Spotify, all that fun stuff, we all go there. Uh, just favorite it. If you like it on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. You know, you know how it's all done. So thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we'll talk next time. See ya.